Hey girl, hey! Welcome to the Dynamic Duo Podcast. We are Ashley and Megan, sisters, BFFs, and entrepreneurs who are raising babies and building businesses. We are taking things day by day and want to bring you along on this journey with us so that we can figure this shit out together. Us busy mamas need to stick together, am I right? So go reheat your lukewarm coffee for the third time and listen in while you're doing all the things, you multitasking co-wayne. Hey girl, hey, welcome to another episode of the Dynamic Duo podcast. We are Ashley and Megan, and we are joined today with a special guest, Amanda, and we are going to let her introduce herself and tell us a little bit about her, and then we are going to get started on today's episode. Amanda, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. So hi, everybody. I'm Amanda Stickle. I'm a virtual accountant and tax professional. Um, I've been in the industry for over 12 years now, and I've had my business for seven years. Um, I work virtually, um, so I can help anybody across the United States, and I specifically work with service providers, Um, so if you're looking for help as a service provider, looking for that more time and reassurance that you're doing everything correctly and wanting to do taxes smarter, then let me know. I can definitely help you with that. Um, I'm also a mom of three. I homeschool my kids. We've been homeschooling for six years now since my oldest left kindergarten. So from first grade to now. Um, And it's just crazy that that much time has passed already that we're already in our sixth year of homeschooling. Um, I am a dog mom too. (laughs) I've got my, my dog Luna next to me. She's sleeping and hopefully she stays that way. The male person already passed, so we should be good. (laughs) Um, I'm also a Harry Potter fan. So I don't know if anybody else is that, that, or caught that she's named Luna after Luna Lovegood from the Harry Potter. Oh, I did not. (laughs) I didn't connect it. But now that you say that I've seen the movies, but I was never into the books. Oh, the books are so much better. (laughs) <laughs> I know everybody says that I'm just not a huge reader. I literally even books like even like I just listen. I'm an audio book person. I just always am like go go go, and I I I know it's a problem. I need to learn to like slow down and rest and like have quiet time. But I just can't. Like my mind is always going. I can't sitting down and reading a book is like very um, I don't even know the word like hard for me and it's not enjoyable like I just can't do it so my husband is a huge Harry Potter fan and um our dad reads a ton so I'm I don't read much either so we didn't get that we didn't get that yeah (laughs) I'm always hoping that my kids get that from me it's a slow start so we'll see yeah yeah for sure um okay so tell us a little bit about how you started your business you said you've had your business for seven years so tell us about a little bit about your transition from being in the business world and um, being there and then leaving and starting your own business. Sure. So before I started my own business, I worked at a local accounting firm um, and was, was doing the accounting world still. And I had a two-year-old and had just given birth to my first biological child. And I I struggled with preeclampsia and um, postpartum from that. And I was lucky enough that my boss was super understanding and she let me bring in my newborn daughter into the office to work and do what I needed to do at work while having 
my baby with me. Um, but the older maid got, yeah, it was really great because it was hard to leave. And she knew I was worried about get, um, putting her in daycare at mm-hmm. such a young age. And she was premature too. So she was itty bitty. She, I brought her home at four pounds, nine ounces. <laughs> so she was oh tiny. Yeah. yeah. So I was extra protective over her. Um, so I was able to do that for a while, but I think she was about nine months old and, you know, when they start getting older, they have more needs and more active and crawling and want to just play with everything. So it just got a little too overwhelming and the cost of daycare for two kids was insane. It was my weekly paycheck pretty much. Um, and I, I was struggling with depression. So it was a hard decision because it's what I love. I love doing accounting. I love the numbers and working with all sorts of different businesses. Um, but I had, I made that choice for my family with my husband and we're like, he's, he just was really supportive. He's like, do what you got to do. I will do what I have to do to support our family. Um, we'll just make some changes, but we'll make it work. And we did. It was really hard. Um, probably for the first, year that I was out of the office Um, and I took that time to you know be with the kids and work on myself Um, and then I got to a point where I was like you know I could still be I could do what I was doing at home like I don't have to be in the office I knew what it took and I just started reaching out to people who I knew had businesses and just started really small and then So it took me about a year to really get going instead of like out of that hobby mindset and just having connections and friends being like, oh, can you help me? And I ended up doing that and starting with um, a couple of my friends started a business and they hired me on. They were my first big, um, big business to work with. And they they wanted me in the office, but they were able to like compromise with me. So we did it in the office and virtual Um, and there's a whole lot more to that story that we can go into if we end up getting to that point, but things changed. I ended up realizing that I was just saying yes to people instead of really focusing on, on myself. Mm -hmm. And it was probably around the time when I had my youngest daughter, um, where I started to realize that, you know, I need to be doing more for myself and not so much for other people. Like it is not always about the money. Like I can just, I just need to refocus and think about how I'm, um, how I'm doing things and who I'm working with um, to be able to be happy and successful. So that's how I ended up getting into it. And that was a little bit, I think I probably went a little bit overboard, but <laughs> that's how I ended up going from working to owning my own business. Yeah, no, I think it's pretty natural. I think we all do that. Um, in the beginning of a business, because you want the experience and you want the money, like the income, because obviously you don't want to treat it as a hobby and you want it to, you want to be taken seriously as like a paid, you know, business where clients actually pay you and for your expertise. And then, you know, after a while of doing that, then you reevaluate and say, okay, well, I don't like doing this. I like doing this. I'm only going to offer this service. And now I can if I work these many hours, then my rates need to be this to bring in what I want and kind of like just reevaluate. Um, I said that word weird, reevaluate what you want to do. And you can't do that unless you start getting clients. <laughs> so you kind of do have to take 
anything you can get at the beginning to, and so that you get the experience and know what you're doing, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And getting out of that, that, um, employee mindset, like I knew what I was making hourly and kind mm-hmm. of still charging that rate mm-hmm. at the beginning and realizing that that's not how business operates. You need to consider all your, um, expenses and what you actually are valued at. And mm-hmm. so it's taken time to increase my rates over, mm-hmm. over the years. <laughs> yeah. I totally get that. I, Ashley and I have conversations about rates all the time, like all the time. And it's like, mm-hmm. then you feel bad because you're like, well, I don't want to raise my rates of my current clients because they gave me a chance and you know, they're, they're working with me, but it's like, if you don't ever increase your rates and you're continually investing in your business for new equipment, new training, new, whatever, like then you're losing money by not increasing your rates. It's just hard to look at it from that perspective and not feel like feel bad because you just want to be affordable for everyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I always struggled with was like, a, how often should you be raising your rates and B when you do raise them, you have to keep in mind, it needs to be something that you're okay with, with it being for a year or however long you plan to keep your rates, because of course you don't want to seem um, you know, unreliable with rates where, okay, she's raising her rates every three months. So it's, it's a, it's a constant battle. I'm still going through it and yeah, I get it. Same for sure. I'm going through it all the time. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. What were you going to say, Amanda? It's, oh, I read, um, a book that's just talking about, you have to worry about yourself and your financial situation before you worry about other people's. Because obviously right. they're not paying your bills. Um, yeah. They're not living your lifestyle. You've got to think about you and your family. Yeah. And you can't think of it from your finances. Like meaning you can't rate, you can't put your rates based on your wallet because you don't know what like a, a person's opinion of expensive is different. Every person's exactly. opinion to me, expensive is going to be way different than someone who's bringing in, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And they're going to think it's a really good deal. Whereas I'm like getting hives overcharging that rate because I know what my finances look like. And I think everyone has the same opinion when it's just not true, you know? Um, but anyways, okay. So let's backtrack to your job before we when we were chatting before the podcast, um, started recording, you were telling us a story that I want to hear more about, um, about when you were pregnant at your old job. And, um, well, actually you were just telling me this, I think with your water breaking situation. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So I, like I said, I had preeclampsia, so I was swollen. I had water everywhere (laughs) in my body. Um, and so I was about 30, 34 and a half weeks pregnant and just waddling through the office. I had to go to one of my boss's offices and he, it was a man, a male, and I'm just standing in his doorway. I'm only could really wear dresses and it was summertime. So I was just in like a summer dress and he's just talking about, I don't know, paying bills for the business or something, something that doesn't even matter anymore. And I'm just standing there and I just feel like something happened, just a little like tinkle. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I, I need to go to the bathroom real quick and I'll be back. 
So I go to the bathroom. I'm like, oh my God, did I pee myself? Like, this is my first pregnancy. I don't know like what anything's supposed to feel like. Um, and it was just like super embarrassing. I don't know what my face looked like. He, apparently he didn't have any clue, but I went to the bathroom and realized what was happening. And I just felt so embarrassed and so like uncomfortable and I didn't know what to do. And I, my, the, the female boss wasn't there that day. So I really didn't know what to do. I, what I felt like was the right thing to do in, in the business mindset as a woman, like I didn't feel like I could just be like, I need to go home and deal with this. I was like, I'm just going to finish out my, my day. And when I got home, then I called the doctor and they're like, what do you mean? You, why it happened? How many hours ago? <laughs> They're like, you need to go to the hospital right now. And I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> and it was just so like scary. And like, I don't know, it was just, and it's just like all that mindset thing of, you know, being a woman in the workforce, um, especially in like the business realm of just, I don't know. It's just, it was just really awkward. And I didn't end up telling them after I, I obviously couldn't go back to work because I was in labor <laughs> yeah. over the weekend. So uh, when I was able to go back, I was like, you know, when I was in your office, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, no way. <laughs> That's so funny. So do you just feel like you couldn't say anything because because you were embarrassed, or do you feel like because you are you're a woman that you felt like it was too personal to talk about and that's why like I just want to try to tie in how you were saying like the the woman's perspective in the business world like what yeah. made you feel like you couldn't just say hey my water broke I need to leave like I think it was a combination of both of those things and also feeling like I had to pull my weight at the office kind of thing mm-hmm. um so it was just it was a just multitude of things yeah, just awkward. And I didn't want to seem like I was causing any issues as silly as that sounds. <laughs> yeah. Right. How dare you have that? Yeah. That you've been baking. <laughs> Cooking. Yeah. That same thing happened to me. My water didn't break at work, but I had to leave. I had preeclampsia too. And I, um, had my blood pressure was really high and I couldn't like see my computer screen and everything was just really tingly. And I was, um, only, I was 35 or ish weeks at this point. So I just felt really weird. So I called my boss and was like, you know, of course he was like, just go to the hospital, get checked out. And that was like on a Thursday or Friday. And I ended up having him that weekend a month early. And so luckily I think it also depends on like the type of, um, relationships that we have already established with our, our employer. Um, and he just happened to be like a very open communication, easygoing. We got along very well. So I felt very comfortable just to be like, Hey, you know, this is what's going on. He's like, Oh my God. Oh my God, leave, (laughs) go home. So, um, I was really lucky and blessed, but yeah, you, you know, it really, not everyone had, it has been like, not everybody has that and not everyone feels so comfortable to tell their boss, whether it be a a female or a male, sometimes women feel that way. I think with other women where they don't feel that they can tell them certain things. So it's definitely a struggle. I'm sure for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and two, I think the time difference, like, cause how many years ago was that Amanda? Like seven years ago. So that would have been nine, not 10, 10 years. If you had the yeah, yeah, 10 years. 
<laughs> okay. So yeah, like, and I feel like as a society, like the culture in the workplace has changed drastically since yeah. then. You know, I left the, uh, my corporate job like five and a half years ago. And it's even so different now for people, like from what I hear, um, you know, like just a lot of more employers are being, are very more like pro employee. Like it's no longer like your, your incentive and your reason to show up is only your paycheck. Like that's kind of how it used to be. And that's, that was like everyone's business motto. Like you show up, you do the work, we pay you. That's it. There's, you know, you might get vacation time maybe, but like, that's it. Now there's like all these perks, like a lot of employers are really trying to be very accommodating and pro-employee. Whereas like that really wasn't the case then it just wasn't the norm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like a lot has changed for most people. I think there's still some people Oh yeah. Who are still old school, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. But it seems like that is the, the curve is going like most people are finally getting it and like making changes to, for good, you know, being flexible. And, uh, I think a lot of it too, is like women and men, like most households, both people work you know, and it's like, I remember feeling that pressure when I was working just for one year after we had, um, adopted our oldest and the pressure of feeling the need to work as long as everyone else that didn't have kids. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I felt like I was like, had to be the first one in the last one out because like, if not, then I'm looked at less than because I'm a mom and I need to leave to take care of my kid. But then I feel like I'm never getting any time with my kid. You know what I mean? When she was a baby. So it's not like she even cared, but the, the, the mom guilt, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like was hard for sure. Okay. I'm sorry. I've been leading all of this conversation. Did you have anything you wanted to ask Ash? I always take charge. I'm I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's Um, fine. Yeah. No, I, um, I don't, but I do think that, um, it is good that a lot of, uh, the employees are, I love how I always say, no, I don't have to add something. And then I and still then talk. You, yes. You literally do that. All I do that the every time. time. Every um, time. So yes, I do have something to add. Um, <laughs> I just love that. Like employers are, are moving towards this and like coming from, you know, someone who just left like an, a really large, amazing company, AEP, like it makes the world of a difference when you are an employee base, you know, when you do care about your employees and you are, you do have empathetic leadership and that, that keeps people around. It keeps, it makes, it's just, it makes the world of a difference. And I cannot imagine working for a company where, you know, there's not uh, like, for example, on my floor, we had a new mother's room. Like how convenient it is, is it that every three, three hours, I'm like, I'll be back in 20 <laughs> and I just have to walk down the hallway and it, it, it's just great. So I know that not everyone has those luxuries. So, um, I, I was really blessed and lucky to have to deal with that until I said, see ya a few <laughs> months ago. Yeah. But yeah. A hundred percent. I think I remember that new law about the mother's room was just passing. Um, and I don't know if that's nationwide or if it was just Ohio, but it passed here, like right when I was leaving my job, um, which I didn't nurse Ellie obviously because she was adopted, but I was leaving when I had my middle son. And I remember thinking, I thought this all the time with when I nursed Phoenix and Jack, like there's no freaking way I would have been successful nursing 
had I been working outside of my home and working a full-time job too. Like a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, you nursed for so long, like great job. And it's like, yes, it's freaking hard. But like, I couldn't, I understand why so many people who are working outside of the home don't do it for very long because it's like one, you have to always interrupt your day to go do it. Or some jobs don't allow the breaks that you need to do it to really keep up your supply. And I'm just really glad I didn't have that struggle because I, I know I wouldn't have been successful because I was freaking hard. I was a zombie. Yeah. Like I literally didn't sleep because I had a child like attached to my body the whole freaking night. Um, like I was always so tired and I mean, I could just literally continue to be doing whatever because I was always with them, you know, and that's just not, it's just so much harder to do, but then it's also where it's also, we live in a society where people push nursing and say it's the best option, but then there aren't really, I mean, there are now, but there wasn't then people were still pushing as being the best option, but then there, there weren't the accommodations to help you do those things, you know, but okay. So let's talk homeschool real quick before we end. I want I am so intrigued by this topic. I've had moments in my life where I'm like, oh yeah, I totally would love to homeschool. And then just same with like, when people are like, oh, do you want another? I'm like, one time I might be like, yeah, sure. What's four when you got three and other times I'm like, no freaking way will I ever. And I just don't know. It's just so like, I'm so up and down and back and forth with it that I don't even know. So I just, I just love hearing about it. What brought you to homeschooling? Tell us all about it. I do want to add real quick. <laughs> so my youngest is six and every now, like, you know, the memories pop up on Facebook I'm seeing them as babies. And it's like, oh, I really mm-hmm. wish they were babies or I had another baby. And then I think about how all I had really awful pregnancies. <laughs> yeah. Like I think about all that and how I struggled and like, yeah. And how they just like fight with each other all the time oh, how yes. I, it's just like so much I'm like yeah I'm okay <laughs> right good now just the three is a great number three yeah three is a great number yeah don't For do sure. it I'm, Major yeah, I'm the worst of reason more than three <laughs> I always just think of our childhood and I'm like well my mom did it there was four of us and we never had money or anything and we're fine so I literally think of mom, like being so stressed and complaining, love her and don't mean that rudely, but then I'm like, okay, why did you have four children? So I'm going to say this to you, (laughs) like, don't do it. (laughs) I don't feel like I'm overly complaintive. You're not, you're not. I try so hard to not be, I mean, there are moments where I'm like singing a Daniel Tiger (laughs) song in my head to like calm down and like then doing it out loud and taking all the deep breaths because I might go off a freaking deep end. Um, Mm -hmm. but I try really hard to not complain, especially to my children or to hear me because that is one thing that I think really did affect me, um, in a positive or negative way, whatever you want to say, um, is like, being involved in adult conversations as a child. Like I a hundred percent, like that was one of those life lessons where I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't think that's okay. You know what I mean? And it's, again, we love our mother and our father. Uh, this is not her exclusive, you know, but in general, (laughs) but anyways, okay. Homeschooling. (laughs) Homeschool. Um, so yeah, so six years ago, what, what made our decision? So 
it's always hard to remember exactly what it was. It was, we did all, we spent a lot of time researching and thinking about it and talking about it as a family. <clears throat> and also realizing that I, I don't need to ask other people's opinions about what we do as a family. And I had a hard time with that. Cause I, 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 so I have anxiety. So getting people's approval is part of my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm always working on that, but I had to realize that with that process. Cause I knew, I just knew that that's what we needed to do for our family. Like I knew it was what I wanted to try to do with the kids. Um, but I was just so worried about what other people would think and worrying about, you know, what society thinks about homeschoolers. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was just so worried about that. Um, but I did a lot of research. We did a lot of like internal thinking, um, a couple actual things that made us like helped our decision. There was situations happening at the school. The school was good, but there was just things how they handled certain situations that I didn't agree with. <clears throat> Excuse me. And just like about how there was one time, like a apparently supposedly like a, a person with a gun was supposed to be there, and they there was like a threat of some sort, and they didn't tell the parents. The only way that I found out was through watching our news while the kids were still in school. Oh, and I'm goodness. like, oh my God, like, why didn't somebody tell us? And I understand both sides, but as a parent, when you have a little five-year-old in school and you're just like worst possible situations happening in your head and you have no idea about it until you see it from in a third party, that's not the school. Mm-hmm. It, that was upsetting. Um, and then my, my youngest at the time, she was going to be going into pre-K and I had already started to notice that, you know, she wasn't learning the same way that, sorry, my internet is unstable. So I might have froze. (laughs) Okay. You're good. Um, I, I realized, okay, cool. I realized that she wasn't learning the way that our oldest was learning and she wasn't, you know, on the same chart, I guess you want to say she was struggling. Like she didn't know her ABCs. And while that might sound silly for pre-K, like that was something she she just really had a hard time and she was premature. So she was just focusing on growing really at that point. Um, So I decided to homeschool for for that so she could have that one-on-one with me and we could focus on doing it at her on her pace and at her time and I even though like I my mama actually works in the schools even though like my mom is in the school districts I felt more comfortable like trusting myself that I know something's going to happen I, I'm aware of it um, and it gave gives them more time I mean they're just little kids and they were getting he was getting he was coming home with like two hours worth of homework at kindergarten. And I was like, mm-hmm. this isn't cool. Like you should be playing. You should have time to play and do all this stuff. So I just wanted more freedom and just be able to live life and spend time with them while they were little. Mm-hmm. Um, and now today, um, my youngest at the time, she's now my middle, she's nine and she does have dyslexia and she does have anxiety. <laughs> 
probably partially from me, but <laughs> hereditary stuff. Um, and I mean, I've, I've worked with the schools and they've, they've told me, you know, the best, you're doing the best for her. Like the school, bringing her to school, our school isn't going to do anything else for her. You're, you are the best option right now with the one-on-one. You, they, and they provided me with some resources. So that was really reassuring. Um, and this past year, she's went through a growth spurt and she's just changed so much. And it's awesome being able to see them learn things and see it click in their head like, oh my God, one day yeah. they're just reading all of a sudden. And it's like, cool. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I did that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it, it's definitely a struggle though. It's not anything easy. For sure. I, I'm always researching different curriculums, um, but that is the, the freedom of homeschool. I can pick what works best for them because they both, all three of them, they learn differently. So being able to pick curriculum that matches their learning style and what interests them is really awesome. And it gets them interested and helps them be on a path where they enjoy learning. Um, so that's that's been the nice thing, but I'm always researching, always changing things up and just trying to make it better for them. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Um, okay, so let's end it with like one question just because I love um, homeschooling, like learning about homeschooling. So what do you feel like is the biggest like misconception that you like people say to you about homeschooling all the time? That's just not true. So I think probably is not going to surprise anybody, but the socialization part of it, <laughs> like, like they're going to be weird. Yeah. I mean, everybody's weird <laughs> if you really true. think about it. So, <laughs> um, but at least they're weird on their own terms and not weird because they're following other people, but mm. they do, they get, we do, they do Taekwondo twice a week with groups of people, their age, older and younger. So they get, they get experience with all sorts of age ranges and they also do scouts. So again, it's their, their groups are all together. So they got younger, the same age and older kids. And then they have the freedom to go outside and we have neighbor kids that are similar ages that they can play with. Um, so they're always playing with kids and it gives them experience with different age groups. Um, my oldest, he likes hanging out with older kids. <laughs> he mm -hmm. likes to be an old kid, even though he's definitely not mature, like yeah. emotionally mature enough yet, but he, he likes like a couple years older than himself. Um, and I think that's probably because he's usually with his younger sisters. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, they're always doing stuff. And whenever our Y, our YMCA is still kind of restricted with like masks and, um, number of people that can play in sports. But whenever that opens back up, we normally do soccer too. So they're always doing things like they're not just home sitting in the dark, right. Doing yeah. reading. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I'd like to make an observation. I feel like Amanda could be our sister. Just like watching her talk. I'm like, yeah, her little square looks like our squares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Her square. On yeah. Her screen. Yeah. In zoom. Yeah. The, you have the blonde hair, the like <laughs> light skin, like us, the pale Ashley's a little bit more not pale than I am, but the lighting's tan. not showing. Yep. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> I wish I could be tan. We're already, I mean, you're in Ohio, so you guys kind of get it. Yeah. I'm in New Where York. are you? Oh, New York. Okay. 
been yeah. cloudy and rainy for like three months. <laughs> Same. Yeah. It's, it's like that today too. It's overcast. So, okay. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Amanda. Can you tell our audience where to find you and we will add it in the show notes too. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Um, you can check out my website. It's www.sticklecats.com. Um, you can find me on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash stickles tax, <laughs> um, or just search for me, Amanda stickle, and I'll probably pop up. Okay. Thanks so much. Thanks Amanda. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Wait, don't go yet. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love for you to leave us a review wherever you are listening, or just take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to and share it to your stories and tag us. We are on the gram at dynamicduo.pod. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so that you get notifications every week when we drop new episodes. Chat soon.